welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. I want you to understand that the Bible is made up of two sections. What are the sections? The Old and the New Testament. The New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. So when you open and you study the New Testament, it will help you to understand the Old Testament. And when you study the Old Testament, you will notice the New Testament is encoded in it. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the very last chapter, after he spoke about the fathers of faith, those who by faith have obtained a good testimony or good report, the Bible says that, and these all are not complete without us. So he was making references to the Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things, so poor evidence of sin, not sins, um, verse 3. But why it we understand that all the, the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things that we see are not made up of things that are visible. And verse 5, by faith, Abel. Verse 5, by faith, Abel. Verse 7, by, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. And so it goes on, then verse uh, 19, 20 talks about by faith, Isaac. You can't describe what God has been doing and what is encoded in the Old Testament without making reference to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By faith, Jacob. So by faith, Abraham, he spoke about Abraham, verse 4, then went to Sarah because Sarah was a completion of what God did in Abraham. That's verse 11. And then verse 17, he brought Abraham back. And then he picked it up from there, Abraham, then Isaac. All right, Isaac, and then Jacob. Then he went to Moses. He went to Joseph. Then after Joseph, he went to Moses. Then he said, Moses forsook his right and all that. But after saying this, and then he went on even to talk about how by faith, they subdued kingdoms from verse 31 to 33. They subdued kingdoms. And then he says that by faith, they stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. 39 and verse 40. He says that God having provided something better for who? Us. For who? Us. I can't hear you. Us. Who are the us? The New Testament Christians. Right. God has provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Meaning without us, all what they have done doesn't even make sense. It's like, it's, it's like you say, I've got the manual. I've got serious, complicated manual for this big gadget, but you don't have the gadget. You read the manual for nothing. All right. It's the gadget that gives meaning to the manual. The point I'm making here is, brothers and sisters, the Old Testament and the New Testament are saying the same thing. And it's the, the whole Bible is about one subject. All right, it's Jesus. I, I want you to understand that the Old Testament, the way things were done in the Old Testament, we do not have to do the same things. For instance, when it was time for atonement, they had to take sacrifices to the temple or to the tabernacle. They have to slaughter them. They, in those times, they use garments. They use all kinds of things, the way they should wear their dresses and all that. Now, we do not have to repeat those things because Christ has fulfilled it. All those things were foreshadowing Christ. In those days, you, you, you don't have to worship anywhere. You have to go to where God has designated. All right, so people who were living outside of Jerusalem, they have to travel and come to Jerusalem. And then the tabernacle was the meeting point of the, between the people and God. Uh, you know, so you always have to go there. And we don't have to do it like that. But the similarity between now and then is the principles. It's not the act, but the principles are the same. So the Old Testament may be slightly different from the New Testament, so long that practices and behaviors are concerned. But the principles are the same. 
The principles, say principles. So the principles that undergird the Old Testament is what we have to learn from. For instance, it talks about praise. You have to praise God. You, don't, you have to learn how to trust God. Zerubbabel in Second Chronicles, the Bible talks about they went before their enemies in battle. God said, do you know what? 20 verse 15 said, the battle is not yours, the battle is God's. So you don't have to fight in this battle because God is going to fight for you. And so in the morning, he said that just appoint singers and then let them go before the army to sing. And Bible talks of in the verse 20 and 21 by 20 says that believe in the Lord your God and he shall be established, believe in his prophets and he shall prosper. And then verse 21, after the appointed singers that should go before the army to sing about the beauty of the like verse 22 talks about how after they began to sing, something had been heaven moved on their behalf. Now if, if you say that's Old Testament, so I won't sing, you are going to blame yourself. Do you understand that? Because the principle is the same. You are not going to fight physical people, but we fight even stronger ones. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against what that seriously. We against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. Did you, do you know what that means? The rulers of the darkness of this with the dark. Those are the things that are fighting against your marriage, fighting against your health, fighting against your career and your peace. These are the things we are dealing with. Not a soldier with a gun anyway. Yeah. All right. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, the King James talk against spiritual wickedness. Now, if it is even physical wickedness in the wherever, in your boss, your workplace and stuff, it's very bad. Yeah. Let alone spiritual once you can't see. All right. And they are not just around your level. They are in high places. In the Old Testament, they had to fight, and God showed them how to fight. God fought for them. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, it says that, Stand still, and you will see the salvation of the Lord, which will show you this day. For these Egyptians you see today, you shall see them again. I'm, I don't know who I'm talking to about this, but then someone, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them again. Amen. Shout amen. All right. Enough of that. So all the Old Testament, we, we see the principles. Now, there's something I want you to notice about the Old Testament, the stories and the records of the information. It's not for his historical lessons, all right? Not for history lessons. The things that are written in the Bible are not for history lessons. Okay, those of you who did religious knowledge or Bible knowledge or whatever, you did it as some religious stuff or historical. No, no, it's not for history. The Bible is not, I'm going to say something interesting. The Bible is not basically for theology. It's for feeding. We go to God's word to feed. We feed on God's word. Man must not live by bread and not look for, for but by every word that comes, proceed out of the mouth of the Lord. All right. So it's very important to understand that the Bible is not a history book. But then there are things that are recorded, actually, John chapter 20, verse 30, which says that Jesus did so many things, but not everything was recorded. But those who were recorded, verse 31 talks about that these have been written that you may believe. So everything you need for your believing is written here. The Bible is not enough for you to believe. Anything that will make you believe is not from God. You didn't hear what I said? The Bible is enough. You don't need to get somebody rise from the dead to come and tell you anything. So Lazarus, when he went to Abraham's bosom and the rich man, he said, go send Lazarus to go and let me send, go and tell my brothers. He said, don't worry. They have Moses and Pastor David. Whatever that's written is enough. If they will not believe them, 
someone can rise from there. Can you imagine? John chapter 6. Jesus fed the people with bread. Fed them with food. And they wanted to make him a king. From the state. They wanted to make him a king. They came to make him a king. But he said, you are looking for me because, not because of the things I teach, but because you ate. And he started teaching them, until you eat my flesh, you eat my, my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have life. It's verse 58. And then from verse 60, Bible says that and many of his disciples left him. They, they left, they left. They said, they said, this is a hard thing. And they, they left. They went back. They didn't follow him again. <laughs> Verse 66 particularly. They said, people, all right, miracles don't guarantee your salvation. Yeah. Okay, look at it. Verse 66, John 6, 66. And he says that for, from that time, many of his disciples went back and, and walked with him no more. People leave church for all kinds of reasons. So. Jesus, he had members of his church going. So when someone leaves a church, don't make him an enemy. <laughs> I think I reduce, you reduce the gospel to something that is not. When you begin to fight with someone because he's left your church, revert to your calling and see if it's part of the, the codes, of the terms of your calling. For you to be angry, ah, you are leaving this church, you will die. Hey, hey, how are you? After I remove my liver for you to eat, you finish this. <laughs> he, he multiplied bread for them. And Pontius Pilate said, What should I do? He said, Crucify him. But I thought Pontius Pilate, he wasn't one of them. He said, This man, don't find any fault. He said, Just crucify him. But who should I release? Give us the killer and kill the good man. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can tell? Jeremiah. So the heart of man is this. So what do I talk about? So Jesus multiplied, multiplied the bread. And after multiplying the bread, many of his disciples left him because of his teaching. Not because of the bread, but his teaching. That's why, as a pastor, I would not allow anybody's face or anybody's wealth or anybody's importance to stop me from saying what God has given me to say. Because if you teach God's word in truth, someone may is likely to be offended. God, Jesus is teaching offended people. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. Look at verse 23. It said, we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. There are things we are preaching. Some people will stumble at, at it. But we preach the foolishness. What they say foolishness, that's the power of God. The verse 24, verse 24, it said, but to those who are being saved, ah, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the point I'm making here is that he started teaching, disciples left him. And then John chapter 6, verse 67 and 68, look at 67. John 67, he asked his disciples, Jesus said to the 12. So he said to the 12, do you also want to go away? I like Peter. Simon Peter, the spokesman of the rest, of the 11. Listen to what he said, verse 8. He said, by Simon, Simon Peter said, Lord, who shall we go to? You have what? You have what? You have what? You have what? It's the words that determine your, your future. Not the food. Not the miracle. Not the financial breakthrough you receive today. The word. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so back to what I, I was talking about. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Bible says that these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warning for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages have, has come. G- give us the new King James. 
Now, all these things happen to them as examples. So, you're talking about all the things that happened to Moses, Abraham, Jonah, and the things we read. They happen to them for, for, as examples. So, no, that's why I say it's not history. They are examples, not history. They are examples. And what do you do with examples? You, you copy example. You look at the example and then do as the example sh- shows you. So, all these things happen. These things happen to them as examples that... And they were written for our admonition upon whom they age. So they are written for us so that we can be inspired to know how to do things. So when you read the Old Testament, the things that happen in the Old Testament are there for our examples. So we will know what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Having said that, let's go to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3 verse 6. So this is the story when Moses had an encounter with God. The burn, it's called the burning bush experience. And God told him Moses had run away from Egypt because... He went and committed murder, and then he ran away. And then God told Moses that, I want to send you back to Egypt. What? To go and deliver my people. So God, when God appeared to Moses, now verse 6, when God appeared to Moses, let's see how God described himself. This is very important. All right? How did he describe himself? Moreover, he said, I am the, let's go, let's read, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. How did he describe himself? I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Very interesting. That's how God referred to himself. Don't take it lightly. But it's interesting. If possibly that's when he was just meeting, he wanted to describe who he was. But it would have been okay if he was just describing who he was, even though it still matters. But then God refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jesus comes on the scene and decides to do the same. Matthew chapter 22, verse 32. Jesus said, very interesting, said, Let's read it from 31. It makes more sense. Verse 31 says that, but concerning the resurrection of the this is when the, the Sadducees came to him and says that some people get married, um, you know, they, they had a tradition. If you get married and you don't have a child and the man dies, the woman becomes the wife of the brother of the man so that the brother can help the woman make more children for the deceased. And so seven brothers, first one married the woman, the man died. Then so she becomes the wife of the second one. And then he also died. Then she was given to the third. He also died. What is it about this woman? He was given to the fourth. He also died. He was given to the fifth. And then they said, they said, no, this one, they were narrating an incident, not a physical situation, but they were trying to trick him. Yeah. If, if you are trying to say that there's resurrection, now let's see what you're going to say. And then they said to him that, so at the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? Because they are all resurrected now. Seven of them, they were all married to her once upon a time. Then Jesus says that, therefore, um, concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the, the dead, but the God of the living. Now watch this. Jesus said, God said, I'm the God. Jesus referred to him as that. Look at Mark chapter 12, verse 26. Mark chapter 12, verse 26. The same text. And I want you to just write these scriptures down. But concerning the dead, that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the burning bush passage, how God spoke to him saying, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. In Luke chapter 20, verse 37, Luke 20, 37, he said that, but even Moses 
showed in the burning bush, all right, uh, burning bush passage that uh, the dead are not raised. When he called the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Jesus was making reference to this. This is serious. So God calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus calls him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now let me show you the last scripture. There's the man who came to Jesus Christ because his son, Centurion, his son was sick. And then he came and saw Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, no problem. I'm going to come home to heal him. He said, no, you don't have to come home. I'm, I'm unworthy that you should come under my roof. Only speak the Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. Only speak the word, and my servant shall be made whole. Verse 10. Jesus marveled at the things that this man said. Jesus was surprised. Wow, I've never seen such faith. Say faith. faith. Such great faith in Israel. See, faith matters. Yeah. Faith matters. Faith matters. The testimonies we heard, you can tell. 90% or more had to do with the faith of the recipients, the beneficiaries. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, it says that the word they re- we received, the gospel was preached to them as, to us as much as them. But they did not mix it with faith, so it didn't profit them. All right, so we all hear what is being said, but its profitability in your life has to do, it depends actually on you. Jesus said to them that if you have faith, all things are possible. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 107, he said he sent his word and healed them of all their diseases. Hallelujah. The word of God heals. The man said, only speak your word and my servant shall be made whole. That's faith at work. So Jesus, Jesus describes what the man said as faith. Did you see that? The man said, only speak your word. And Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith in Israel. But now, do you know where I'm going? Look at the next verse. The next verse says that, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. Are they the only ones there? How about Noah? How about Moses? How about Abel? Hebrews chapter 11 mentions them. How about even David? How about Elijah? Elisha was raising the dead. Elijah was raising the dead. How about Daniel? Ah, but Jesus, why didn't you mention any of these? But you just mentioned Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is it about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that God calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then calls himself, Jesus refers to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when he was talking about the kingdom of God, people are going to come from afar, you and I. So we will come and be in the kingdom with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has always worked with, with a people. So when you read the Bible, the Old Testament, God was only working with a group of people. Not everybody. No, God doesn't do that. He selects his people. And then when you read the New Testament, check. That's why he says that all these were not made perfect without us. That's why I said, who are the us? God is always, in the Bible, there is always an us and them. Yeah. If God be for us. Greater is he who is in us. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says that, for we are complete. Who are the we are complete in him, in Christ? Do you understand that? So, God always works with a chosen people. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, For you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, all out of darkness into, uh, into his marvelous life. Okay, to a praise of him who have called you out of that. He has called us out. Actually, watch this, brothers and sisters. The name church, the word church, is the Greek word for church is ecclesia. Ek is out. And kelo, I taught you sometimes. Kelo is called. That's why I was teaching you the Holy Spirit. Paraclete. Para called alongside. So para is along and then clet. Called. So the Holy Spirit, paraclete, is called alongside. Someone to come alongside you. So in the Greek, the Koine Greek, the kelo has to do with call. All right. And we are ek. So out, kelo, called out. That's what the church means. So church means a called, we are called out once. Called out of the many. It's very important. 
You must understand that. That is why when you read the Old Testament, it always talks about my people, my people, my people. That means not everyone, not all are his people. He has a special selected ones who are his people. So in the Old Testament, he's always had his people. Now, watch this. The, huh, this is the main, the crux of the message. Let me just summarize it. Are we part of his people? Since when did we come in? And who are his people? That's what, can I tell you that? And, we, and, and then we'll continue. Who are his people? His people, God, the, the beginning of God's people, all right? The, uh, let me put it this way. God's people always had two beginnings. In the Old Testament, they had two beginnings. I'll show I'll explain it. The first beginning was Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. When Abraham was minding his business, sitting somewhere, and God came by himself. He came to Abraham and said, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Verse 2. And verse 2 said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. I like that one. You know, I was reading verse 3 the other time. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him that curses you. And that, that la- let's read that last bit together. And, and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed, all right? So he said, in you, all the family, this was a childless man. God was telling him, and I'll bless you and your descendants. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, he told told him about how I'll bless you and your descendants. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 and verse 8, he actually told him, I'll give the land to you and your descendants. But this man was a childless man. He only had a child in Genesis chapter 21, verse from verse 1. Bible says that Genesis chapter 21, verse 1, and God visited Sarah as he has said to Abraham, and then Sarah had a child, and he called him Isaac. And then in the verse, verse 6, Bible says, Sarah said, for God has made me to lie. In Genesis chapter 21, Isaac showed up. All right. So Genesis chapter 17, Isaac hadn't showed up. Genesis chapter 15, but God kept talking about you and your descendants. Now watch this. So that is the beginning. Thank God the Israelite or the people of God. Thank God Abraham is the start. Had it not been for that, there's no way we could have entered. Because the New Testament says that we are the sons of Abraham. Not the sons of Isaac. Not the sons of Jacob. But we are the sons of Abraham. It's very important. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7. It says that only those who be of faith are the sons. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons. Ah, so some of the, so it's not by birth, but by faith. Our sonship is by faith. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 and 29, it talks about, therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Go to the next verse, verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and as according to the promise. So he didn't say you are the seed of the Jews. You are Abraham's seed. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Are you getting this? Abraham's seed. Now, watch this. We all have our roots in Abraham. Time may not permit me to go further into how we benefit and we come into Abraham because Abraham was saved not by law. Abraham was justified by faith. So it takes faith. As soon as you have faith, you are connected to Abraham before the Jews even showed up. But so why, 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 why um, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I'm going to explain something very importantly. All right. So, so Abraham was the beginning. And I'm glad we are connected to Abraham. But God had his, his own people. He chose his people from among the many nations. He said, these are my people I have chosen for myself. So in the book of Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for, for, all, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, 
and a holy nation. These are the words which... So God said that you are a special people. You shall be to me a special people. All right. So in the Old Testament, that is why anyone who attacks them, God said they have attacked me. I'll fight for you. Do you understand that? That's, you check the Bible. It's all the Israels. It's the, the Jews, the Israelites. God was only dealing with... So when they went to Pharaoh, when they went to Egypt, God brought them out. God was their God. How about the others? I can't be bothered. These are my people. We have to learn the principle from the Old Testament. God is generally good. It's called the general benevolence. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, he makes his rain fall on the evil and the good man. The sunshine. So it's called general benevolence. God is generally good to everyone. But to claim ownership, he doesn't, not everyone belongs to him. It's only a selected people. And when he wanted to form a group of people, he called Abraham. The reason why he called Abraham was because Abraham knew how to raise his family. Say amen. Amen. And he called Abraham. And then from Abraham, Abraham, ooh, Romans chapter 4. Abraham who could not give birth. Bible says that his body was dead. And Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 19. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. Sarah's womb was also dead. God said Abraham had been written off. His medical possibilities of giving birth was non-existent. And God said, now I can step in. So God stepped in and his word quickened his dead body. His word quickened her dead womb. Bible said by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive when she was past age. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. She was gone beyond the age. Monostop, uh, monostop, not menopause, monostop. All right, she herself received strength to conceive. Why? Because, watch this, because God has spoken. Genesis chapter 21, verse, verse 1, as I quoted earlier, and God did to Sarah as he has spoken. Once God speaks it, he will do it. He says that, for God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said it and will he not do it? Has she spoken and shall he not make it good? Numbers chapter 23, verse 13. So God, when he says he will do it, he said, I watch over my word to perform. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, what he has said is what he will do. Hallelujah. What God has said is what he will do. Yeah. So if you want to receive from God, find out what he's saying. Shout yes! yes. In, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2, he says, verse 3, he said, by faith we understand that the whole world were framed by the word, 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 where boom day, word of God, no words, not where bad day, where boom, the Latin, where boom, where boom day. Alright, <laughs> watch this. So God chose his people. He called Abraham to start, watch this, to start a generation. Not from his father's background. Because from his father's background, nothing could happen. Our best is Ishmael. Hello? So where do we come in? So he told the children of Israel, you are my special people. How about us? We are not children of Israel. Where do we come in? But God already made provision for us. So in, because in Acts chapter 15 verse 14, I like this text. Acts chapter 15 verse 14, God has already planned that someone has uh, declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to Take out of them a people, you say, a people for his name. So God comes to the Gentiles, even though the Gentiles are not children of Abraham. He comes to the Gentiles to, win, to choose people out for himself. God always likes to talk, to work with his people. He's not just there like Superman, somebody's dying. So if there is God, why are so many bad things happening? You don't know the kind of God we are worshiping. Our God is not aimless. He doesn't work based on someone's suffering. He works based on his word and his purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11, he said, he does everything according to the counsel of his own will. He decides what he will do and he's planned it already. Jesus was crucified, Bible said, based on the foreknowledge of God and predetermination of God in Acts chapter 2. 
Right? So God knows what he's doing. Tell someone God knows what he's doing. So quickly, God, God has planned to bring people, his people, to choose for himself. Watch this. A people from the Gentiles. So it's not the only, only the Jews, but his plan was also to get us in. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, you like this one? Look at verse 19. I like it. This one is very good. This one is very good. I think we, I think we should all read it out loud together. Are you ready to read it? Yes. All right, let's read it out. Let's go. Now, now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of God and the house of God. So we are no longer strangers. Say, I'm no longer a stranger. So when we talk about, about the people of God, those of us who are in Christ, we are part of it. Amen. We are no longer strangers. Amen. That's what he's saying. We are no longer, because remember the scripture, chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12, he said, for, remember that you, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, remember that you, in times past, you remember that once you were Gentiles in the flesh, all right, verse, verse, 12, uh, verse 12, you were Gentiles, that at that time, you were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel, and stranger from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, talking about some people, not everybody is, is part of God's people, because so you, in that, you were Gentiles, so Gentiles were not part of it, but thank God for Christ, on the cross, when he shouted at the last time, it is finished, but the Bible says the curtain that was, in the, that was dividing the holy place uh, from the, 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 the ordinary place was torn from top to bottom. God himself held the curtain, rent it. That is why he said, let us come to him behind the veil. We go behind the veil because we have a high priest who has entered behind the veil. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, 19, and 20. We have a high priest who has gone behind the veil. He's a forerunner. He's gone and we are following him. That is why. Watch this. That is why. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. He said, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. Previously, there's no way you could come boldly. But now, because of Christ... You can come boldly. Shout hallelujah. Let us not therefore come boldly now. So we are fellow citizens of the household of God, are members of the household of God. In the book of Romans chapter 2 verse 29, but he said you who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So who are the Jews we are talking about? The real Jews are those who are Jews inwardly. So why Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He said they have two, two beginnings. Let me first one is from Abraham, and then he worked it through Isaac. I'll explain all that through Jacob. And then after Jacob, he had the children of Israel. If he stopped with Abraham, Ishmaelites would have claimed to be the sons of Abraham. If he had stopped with Isaac, Esau, and his descendants would have said, we are children of Abraham. But God, there's a, watch this. What, the, the main idea behind the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the idea of Abraham had a very, a very unique experience with God. Isaac had a very unique experience with God. So God showed up to Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, verse 24, and told him that, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Do you see the connection? And then when he appeared to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 13, he said to him, I'm the God of your father, Isaac, and your father, Abraham. He connected the three. And that is after Jacob, no, no one else. Why? Because that, became, watch this, to know God, all right, after Jacob, that's why we have the actual children of Israel. It started with Abraham. But it started with Jacob. It started with Abraham so that we can be in. It started with Jacob so that we can have the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Do you understand that? So it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Isaac worked with God in a certain way and had certain experiences. Abraham did it. Isaac did it. So the Israelites, they didn't have to do anything. They came to inherit what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had already got from God. Right. 
So we are born, we come into Christ to inherit. Now, I'm going to explain in times to come, in the weeks to come, what is Abraham's unique experience, which if you have to be God's people, if we have to be God's people, we have to know God that way. If you have to be God, if you are, you are going to be God's people, we have to know God in the way Abraham knew him. In that, there's a certain experience. If we have to be God's people, we have to know him in the way Isaac knew him. Isaac had a unique experience with God. If we have to be God's people, we have to walk with him and know him in the way Jacob knew him. Because he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And that's all. Not Daniel, David. No, 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 no. I know sometimes, hey, the God of Daniel, let him answer. The God of... No, he himself. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And leave it there. So you need Abraham's experience. So what is Abraham's experience? What is Isaac's experience? What is Jacob's experience? That is the platform of the people of God. And that's what I'm going to be explaining as time goes on. Did you receive something? Put your hands together for the Lord. Shout Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.